calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, friends. Today's episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer was recorded in front of a live audience at A Camp in McQuanago, Wisconsin. We had an array of guests, some invited and some not. Some crashers. Yes, some crashers, some not, but uh, we are very excited to get the chance to talk to Kate Leth, who you know and love, Heather Hogan, senior editor at Autostraddle, who you're about to love, Elle Sanchez, a comedian based out of Seattle, who is amazing. And Gabby Dunn, who no matter Just can't where be stopped. No, no matter where we go, she finds us that Gabby She's Dunn. She's all grappling hooks and camouflage, you know. She is. Truly, truly. If you want to learn more about A Camp, you can go on over to a camp.org. It is a beautiful, beautiful place with beautiful, beautiful people. And if you were in our audience, thank you so much for being there. We had a great time with you. And without further ado, here is the episode. Hooray! Okay, we're going to start recording now. So if you all could pretend like you're just seeing us for the first time and you're very excited about it, make some noise. That would be helpful Ready, for the vibe. Ready, go. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. And this week we're talking about season two, episode 18, Killed by Death. And we're doing that where, Jenny? Live at A Camp. Yeah! Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Killed by Death was written by Rob Deshotel and Dean Batali, directed by Darren Serafian, and aired originally on March 3rd, 1998. A table mic really does something to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the one where, while hospitalized with a severe case of the flu, Buffy battles a demon that sucks the life out of sick children. 
This is also the one where it's just Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Oh my gosh, which is exactly where I would like to start. I've written up some notes, as I always do, but these notes are specific because I've circled every time I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this, is, this is literally Freddy Krueger. Okay, let's start at the beginning. First of all, first of all, we have Freddy Krueger. He comes at night. The grown-ups don't see him. He was with Tina. Now, Tina. I, I don't know how many of you are experts in Nightmare on Elm Street, but Tina is the first kill in Nightmare on Elm Street, the very first one. Not only is Tina the first person who gets killed by Freddy Krueger, but Tina is dragged down the hallway as a bloody Tina by an invisible force. By an invisible Freddy, just like then at the end, I mean in the middle, whatever, Dr. Backer is First of all, Dr. Backer, how does he die? How does death kill Dr. Backer? Four slashes? Like Freddy Krueger's hand? Maybe a little bit, and then is dragged down the hallway, just like Tina, and then... At the end, in the basement, first of all, it's like a drippy basement, very horror movie, but also like very Freddy Krueger. And we see this monster who's like death but Freddy walking down in a shadow. And that's like a classic, classic scene from Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you know what I think might have happened here? What happened? Do you remember in phases how uh, they spend a lot of money on the like morphing technology to shift Oz from human to werewolf form and back? Yeah. And then they were like, oh shit. We forgot a werewolf costume. Somebody run to Party City and get the cheapest one they have. <laughs> I think maybe while that person was at Party City, they were like, oh, look at this off-brand Freddy Krueger knockoff burned scary finger man costume. And they just picked that up. And they were like, do you think we could use this for something in the future? And then, and then there they wrote was. this episode. Yeah, I think you're right. The, the creators of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, big shoppers at Party City. <laughs> they love Party City. But anyway, yeah, I mean, this whole episode, the whole thing. Kids, whatever. Whatever. We'll talk more about I, that, it. No, that was my whole manifesto. Not even the, the fingers down the wet I said, I said, in the oh, basement, I, the fingers, the shadows, the whole. Okay, okay. That was my okay. full manifesto. I mean, Sometimes it, I stop I mean, listening you know. to you. I don't know why. Sometimes she stops listening to me. We have that recorded now. Everyone knows the truth. <laughs> Sometimes my wife stops listening to me. So you know that thing where like, <laughs> you know that thing where like you have the flu, but you have like a sacred duty that you have to fulfill that is both secret and vital to the, uh, you know, protection of your neighborhood and town. I know. And I know humanity. What, you know how it is. I know how it is. You can't stop patrolling for vampires just because you have a virus. I agree. Actually, I'm going to tell you all something. I really identify with Buffy in this episode, especially today. Nobody panic. I'm fine. But to prepare for this live taping, I decided to get ill yesterday and go to the emergency room where I was last night. This is a real story. Look, I started by saying I'm She's fine. She's fine. I, I'm here. I'm making jokes. She's really committed I'm to fine. method podcasting. You're fine. <laughs> but I, I kept my hospital bracelet on <laughs> to prove that. Uh, and, and just like Buffy, you know, I was like, well, I must, but I must co-direct a camp. And I must, I must do a podcast. Yeah, so here I am. But I just thought it was really um, big of me to do... <laughs> You remind me of someone right now. Uh, Who is it? I think it's... Who could it be? Maybe just Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, well, I was going to say Cordelia. Oh, <laughs> it's really big of me. Is the start of wow, most of Cordelia's that's sentences. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I know. Thank you so much. Don't get used to it. Uh, so anyhow, we start this episode with the Scoobies on patrol, which I love. They're like backing up for Buffy, you know? They're like, don't worry, we've got this. They probably don't have it on their own. No, they've got like a real like... 
Marx Brothers, Abbott and Costello <laughs> kind of vibe. The vampire comes out and they're like, yeah. <laughs> For the listener, you know what I did, right? By that noise, <laughs> yeah. if you couldn't see me, it was the, okay, good. Two fingers poking forward, uh, eye distance apart. Right. Yeah, and then Angel, fucking Angel. Come on. With you, the timing with the and ti- the lines. And his lines. This does not look good for our heroine. Like, <laughs> he's evil angel. So he comes in. There's a fight. Buffy is very fluid, but, um, but this fluid. Yeah, that's a verb, right? No, uh, what would that Adjec- be? Adjective. Yep. Fluid. I'm fluid. Uh, yes, <laughs> Buffy's very fluid, but she still wins the fight because the Scoobies help her. It's great. <laughs> It really is great. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still thinking about flute. Sometimes I keep listening to the thing you said a while ago. (laughs) Great. Fantastic. So it all balances out is my point. It does. So fine. So they win the fight. Angel is, you know, not defeated, but like knocked down. So then then we go to the hospital. And and I think what's really important about the fact that we're at the hospital is that um, we have Kate Leth here with us. And the fashion in a hospital is just, I don't know, Jenny, don't you think it's just remarkable? Uh, I'm my what the Scoobies are wearing, or just like scrubs, just scrubs, you know, just like hospital garb. feeling it. Yeah. So uh, you all know Kate Leth from the Fashion Watch of Buffy the Vamp- of buffering the Vampire Slayer, but you probably also know Kate Leth from like eight million other things, including being here at A Camp and so cold all the time. <laughs> Kate Leth, will you join us, please? Yay! Well, hello. Hi, Kate. Hello. Hey, how's everybody? Jeez, hi. Oh, good. Thank you. I'm glad. The feedback is nice. My dreams are coming true right now. Yeah, I feel really great about At this. At A-Camp with Kate, talking about Buffy. This is great. Yeah, I've had a lot of dreams that start like this. So, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> but just like a little bit warmer. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so, Kate, I, yes. I, I, we gave you an episode just rife with fashion, I think. Yes. Um, I did want to say one thing before I start um, and get into the fashion because I am going to get into the fashion in detail. Uh, <laughs> I find this so funny, the fact that this is this Nightmare on Elm Street thing because I just recently started working in TV. No need to brag, but I do it. Um, and it is really funny because I've only been in writer's rooms for, for a couple of months, but there are absolutely days where every, I'm not going to say it's always the guys, but it's always the guys, is like, you know what we should do is a diehard episode. <laughs> so I believe with all of my heart that there was a day where they were like, you know what we should do is just Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, right? I'm tired. I'm going on vacation next weekend. Let's just do that movie. Um, as an episode. Anyway. And not even like pull wow. the deep cuts, just like go right let's for the just, biggest plot yeah, lines. Let's just do it. Biggest character yeah. names. Um, but yes, the fashion. <laughs> so I was worried about this episode because uh, when I do my Buffy rewatches, I actually skip this one usually um, just because it's not, it's not like a traditional Buffy episode, you know? Yeah. And I do feel like it's sort of shoehorned in with the, the you know, her you know, relationship that you've never heard about before. <laughs> It exists only for this episode and then is never talked about again. Um, and also because when I was a kid, that monster creeped the hell out of me. Yeah. Those eyes are still really uncomfortable. This is one of the, like, if I rank the monsters, at least that I remember from mm-hmm. my first watch through, this is one of the ones that is up, yeah. up in the top of This scary. is like they were trying out a monster that shows up in season four, yeah. uh, but doing mm-hmm. it bad. Exactly. I didn't know if I, I don't know if and I should that, say and that's it. My, and that's, that's my chill, top that's monster. Yeah. 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 That, so that unnamed monster. I want, 
somebody out here sent us an email. I'm not going to read the email. Don't panic. But somebody in the audience at ACAMP sent us an email <gasps> that was in a full panic. It was like five days before ACAMP. And they were like, listen, my girlfriend <laughs> is watching, but she's not caught up. And I need to know what episode you're watching. I've given her cliff notes and I've made her a video <laughs> reel of all of the important points. And I want to make sure that you don't. So can it even it's a secret I won't tell, I promise. So I just really appreciated whoever you are out there, your commitment. That's and really I, sweet. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to you. We were like, we're, we're watching Killed by Death. We appreciate all of your commitment to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Anyway, yes. Kate, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's absolutely fine. Um, I do want to say that while, so I was worried about this episode because I didn't really remember it and I didn't remember anything distinct about it uh, or specific. But then upon watching, got to relive an episode wherein Cordelia <laughs> wears three distinct sweater sets. <laughs> three! Mm-hmm. Three different ones. There's, a, there's a, a pale green one in the beginning. There's, there's the blue one she wears for the majority of the episode, which yes. does just wonders for her. And then she has like this, the very mom one that she wears in the latter half, which is sort of white piping with, I think it's navy. Yes. It's hard to tell on the, on the projector. And then she's got that... That sort of like sunshine, almost lemon yellow skirt that she's got. It's just, it's the same outfit three times. But just in different. But in different colors. And in the first one, she has a very practical jacket on, which I found very like strange for Cordelia. Especially also for her trip to the hospital. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's very odd. There's a lot of like threes in this episode. And I don't know if it's, I want to say it's to tie into the fairy tale theme of threes, but I don't think they were probably that smart about it. But let's pretend. Um, so I've talked on the podcast before about how they always put Willow in geometric shapes, straight lines, and children's jewelry mm-hmm. to uh-huh. age her down and also to try and make Allison Hannigan unsexy, which is impossible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> agree. Agree. But they really work at it. So she's got this one that, that I, I remember noticing it the first time when I watched the puppet show. And she has that one that's a straight line, and it's the ones that you made in school that are like the daisy chains, yeah, you know? Yeah. So she, we were watching it, and then she's got one in the beginning where it's a hanging pendant of a daisy. Then a little further on, she's got one that's like specific daisies with a single bead link in between it. And I wrote down like, oh man, she has a different, like two different daisy chains. But then in the back <laughs> half of the episode, she wears the classic daisy chain. <laughs> so it comes full circle. And I was just like, man. And she also has like at least two different hairstyles in this episode, which is unusual for Willow. I feel like there's like some kind of Willow bingo that's in here. You know, like geometric shapes, children's jewelry, braids. You know, like how many can you get per episode? Or a drinking game. Or or a drinking (laughs) game, yes. yes. I do want to say say something controversial and I hope that you won't judge me for it. I know, I know. I actually liked something Xander wore in this episode. Go on... And I, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I think I know what it might be. I didn't even write it down because I was like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> did you want to leave a paper trail? Like, you may have heard me hissing when he was on screen. It's fine. Um, or it may have heard Elle groaning silently <laughs> every time Xander. What's hit wild thing. is I feel like this is the episode in the series up to this point where he's been like the like most inoffensive. Yeah, but we are also at A camp. Yeah. Yeah. So they cancel each other I out. Get it, I get yeah. it, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, so what's the it's outfit? When, and I'm trying to remember exactly when it is in the episode, but you will remember because you were just here. Um, but it's the one, it's, it's sort of like a geometric one, and it's, it's got, it's like black or navy and then white, and it has the sort of uh, diamondy shapes across mm-hmm, it. It mm-hmm. just looked so cozy, and I think it might also be because I've been freezing yeah. for several days. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, I want 
that. Like, that looks good because I want to be in it, you know? Yeah. He yeah, might yeah, have yeah. not have actually even been wearing it. You're just, like, hallucinating yeah. sweaters like, everywhere. <laughs> I wish I had something made of alpaca. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was well, very good. But Kate, I had a question, a fashion question for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And it has to do with Xander because Xander is wearing um, carpenter jeans. And mm -hmm. I want, I just wanted Kate's hot take on carpenter jeans. Okay, this is going to be awful, but how would you define a carpenter jean specifically? They're, they're the jeans with the, Jenny? They have like a hammer loop and a ruler oh, pocket. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. For measuring. And I remember those existing. They and were I, a big part of, of my personal life. Yeah. Um, carpenter jeans. I remember them existing. End of statement. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no strong feelings against, no strong feelings for. Or well, perhaps best not to say. Best not to say. I see, I see. I mean, you I just see. said they were a part of your life, so, you know, I don't want to uh, judge you. Here. Yeah, I mean, you know. It Live was, your truth, Christine. It was a time for carpenter jeans, and then it was a time for <laughs> Jenko's, you know? Or maybe it was Jenko's first and then carpenter jeans. They live in perfect harmony. I see Reese wow. in the audience nodding. Do you know which came first, Jenko's or carpenter jeans? Jenko's, okay. Jenko's. Yeah, Jenko's first, then Carpenter Jean's great. Um, I did also want to call out that Joyce looks excellent in this episode. <laughs> Joyce, for, Joyce for having a daughter in the hospital is, yeah, really yeah. doing a great <laughs> Practically job. Practically glowing. Joyce looks choice. Flirting, flirting with Giles, just like. Right? right? If there's anything you need. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The, the first okay, Joyce, I was heard like, your girl. girlfriend die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I see you spend a lot of time leaning over the students that I look after. <laughs> also, like, that's the lane. at the hospital lean. before Buffy's mom, and Buffy's Why? mom doesn't say a thing. She's like, oh, this librarian. Fuck? This librarian is so, it just cares about my daughter so much. Come on, Joyce. That's why we picked this school district. Yeah. <laughs> They're really involved. <laughs> this one is also really strange to me because it's sort of a bottle episode and it comes so soon after such like dramatic events mm. that it's like, hey, remember, this horrible thing just happened, but we're just going to sidestep that for about 40 minutes. Right. Um, we'll right. get back to it. Don't worry. Although Giles, like I, do, I did notice, especially on the second watch, that yeah. Giles, they really do put a lot in Giles. Uh, like just... Uh, I think the I think Anthony Stewart head is the mm -hmm. one that does this, but just yeah. like you know, you can tell that he's grieving through the episode. He does he runs his hands through his hair way more times than usual. Yeah, and a I, lot I of glasses cleaning. Lot yeah, a lot more glasses cleanings. Mm -hmm. We that was technically the episode that we were up to for a camp, and we were like, imagine we showed them passion. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's just no. too no. too real. Want to lift too. you up with the demon that kills that children, kills babies. <laughs> But nobody here is a baby. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I like passion, but it is it is hard to watch um, as a as a crew. Yeah. Kate, do you have um, anything else about this episode that maybe doesn't lie in the fashion realm that you want to talk about? Very little. I, I I like this one. I think it is definitely not one of the stronger episodes. It's one that I tend to forget about, especially following up one of right. the, the best mm. and or most soul destroying episodes. Oh, I will say very briefly. Um, my thoughts is that uh, so you you all know that I'm in the the not, I wouldn't say specifically anti-Xander, but that I do not like Xander. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you can call that whatever you want. I guess anti-Xander is very... Uh, yeah, anti-Xander anti feels right. right. It feels but <laughs> with 
caveats because I'm not a, a super aggressive person about those things. Um, but I do like him and Cordelia in this episode because I have said before, the, uh, the only times that I've really loved Xander are when he's with Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it redeems both of their characters in really interesting ways. Yeah. And I love Cordelia. She's so good in this. And it made me pine for like, because I was watching, you know, some stuff that's later on in the series. And I was like, oh my God, she's so good. Mm-hmm. She's just so good. And she's so funny. And she adds so much to the cast. Um, but I love it. Like, she comes in and she sets those little Krispy Kremes down. Ugh. That was so cute. Right? He doesn't deserve her. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so... It's so nice. And I mean, I, you know, I, I have a thing against the whole, like, I'm going to use my sexual wiles to get what I want kind of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. which happens and it makes me cringe. But when it's Cordelia, I don't know, somehow it works cause well, because she's so charming. Yeah. She's because she's using it to like overpower Xander, a representative of what, Jenny? Oh, that would be the patriarchy. Yes. Have you heard of it? I have. I have heard of it. <laughs> oh, I'm over it personally. Yeah. yeah I'm pretty. Um, I'm I liked the first season a lot. <laughs> It kind of went but it's downhill. Really falling off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do love, I love, and this will sort of be my final statement on the topic. I love your nose. Do you like you must work out? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you could see her searching the security guard for like she was like, she couldn't tell a lie. Like she really was like, okay, the nose. That seems structured properly. Uh-huh. I can I can honestly I can give work that. with this. I can work with this. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so Jenny, would you uh, would you be so kind as to grace uh, Kate? live with her jingle. I'm going to blush so hard my face might fall off. (laughs) I'm just going to do a special A-camp edition of this jingle. (laughs) That was our friend Kate. She gave you the Buffy fashion update. Kate Lev, thank you so much thank for joining you, us. Thank you, thank here you. Here at everybody. Camp and on Buffering. Oh Kate Lev, everybody. Thanks, Kate! Yeah, Kate! Okay, so Jenny. Kristen. That was fun. Kate. That was great. I miss Kate. I know. Kate, we, do you think we'll ever Kate, see her again? I'm still here. I'm still oh, right here, oh, guys. Oh. Go, let's cut back into the hospital. Uh, we already talked about the, the ridiculous fact that Giles is there and yeah, Joyce yeah, yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you care a lot. But we learned some... Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. Look at you ready no, to no, go. No, no, please, please. I was just going to say we learned something at the hospital that is very integral to the plot, which is that Buffy is afraid of hospitals. Right. Right? Because Joyce her- just whips out some exposition from nowhere <laughs> and Willow eggs her on <laughs> appropriately. But why? And when? And Joyce is like, well, Buffy is afraid of hospitals because her, her cousin Cecilia died in the room. She was alone in the room with her when she died and she was only eight years old. And that's the entire story. She's been afraid of hospitals ever since. <laughs> and then Buffy flips out on the gurney. Oh, yeah. Buffy. Yeah. Buffy. And, and is like vampires and amazing. Scoobies to the rescue. Oh, she must be delirious. Oh, she doesn't know what she's saying. And then Giles. Giles is my favorite. Uh, yes, Buffy, we'll get to the vampires later. <laughs> best, to, best to play along with their delusions. <laughs> great, 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 great. Uh, great. Which, which kind of ties in, I mean, it kind of ties into the, the bigger theme of the episode too, which is that nobody believes kids. Uh, you know, like mm. Buffy sort of placed in the flu with the kids situation and that like kids say things and adults don't believe them. Also that kids are often in hospitals sitting in the dark with a light <laughs> on their coloring book drawing <laughs> horrific monsters. I just, that, that whole scene, I know I'm yeah. skipping ahead, but like that whole scene was like a lot for me where he was like, his like little head tilted up. 
Yeah. Also, every time that Buffy has been in a hospital, like, a child has appeared creepily. We're two for two, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Remember... I'm going to use that Nightmares. for the remix of this episode. <laughs> Hardcore. Yeah, Buffy wakes up as the clock turns from 2.26 a.m. to 2.27 a.m. And she looks to her door and sees a haunted kid mm-hmm. who stares at her forever. And then he walks by and then a spooky music cue occurs. It sounds just as. Just like uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street theme. I know I said I was going to stop. But it does. It's, it sounds like that dun, 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 dun. It does. Go back yeah, and yeah. listen to it's, it. It's very of the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so then she sees uh, a scary, tall, withered. I'm just be- going to be- wait wigged. for you to get there. Bewigged. <laughs> Bewigged and beheaded uh, <laughs> and belong fingered. <laughs> Creep of a demon uh, walking behind the kid and he turns his head to make eye contact with Buffy and is like, yeah, that's right. I'm following this kid. And then goes on his way. So Buffy gets up to go. That's like a really big personality trait of this demon. (laughs) He's like, like, if he could wink, he would be, but he has has eyes full of like weird flower suckers. (laughs) So no winking. (laughs) Also, did you mention the fact that Buffy rips her IV out of her arm? Not yet, because she hasn't woken up. Oh, I'm so sorry. But when we, were, when we watched it the first time, I was like, hey, she had an IV, but she didn't rip it out. That's weird, because they love to show people ripping out the IVs, and then when she wakes up and does the exact same thing, yeah. she actually takes her IV out, which is like, don't do that. But like, also, I get it. I just had one in my arm yesterday. Kristen I, was like, can I take it out? Can I, I take it out? Can I take like, it out? Can I, can I take I? it out? I and think you should wait for the nurse. I think you should wait for the nurse. I think you should wait for the nurse. And just so you know how much Buffy the Vampire Slayer is in our lives, like in the hospital, she was like, do not, okay? You're not Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Don't rip it out of your arm. Well, I mean, I think it's good to remind you of that periodically just to bring you back down in general. Fine. Uh, There's also this amazing little tiny uh, clip where we're like panning down the hallway and we see the security guard for the first time. Oh, yeah. And it's like this reveal where he's so creepy, but he's also, what's this actor's name? Willie Garson. Willie Garson. Sex and the City fame. You may remember him as Carrie's friend. Yeah. Stanley. I like that, that one like half-hearted whoop from yeah. the audience. If you're a it was Carly. Me, it was like somebody got excited and was like, "Ooh, maybe I should." I am at a camp. Like, well, mm. <laughs> can I can I go to the part? Please. Can I go to the part where Angel and Xander face off? Are we there? Wow, so many people yes. said. So I mean, that we know who won the sexual tension award <laughs> yeah. because it was it was given not by you or or myself, Jenny. It was given by this live audience here. Every yeah. person, but like all at different times, was like kiss, 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 kiss. <laughs> Why don't you just kiss? Um, because yeah, Angel brings Xander white roses. It's very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah do you remember um that that uh planet Ur- that episode of planet earth that we watch with the birds of paradise oh my gosh because yes, that's I what do. this made me think of because they're sort of like having a pissing contest yeah i wrote down of. pissing contest and then i crossed it out and wrote kissing contest <laughs> <laughs> and i sometimes you know i would just prefer why can't men just put up their back feathers and do a strange dance when that's what they mean. Why do they have to like get their faces really close and like threaten each other? You know what I <laughs> it's mean? It's like you said that, but you sounded a little bit into it yeah, when no, you I got through I, it. You know? I didn't think 
this all the way through. I like both. I shouldn't have to choose, I guess. Um, I think I think that this uh, sexual tension award between Xander and Angel is a great a great time to bring up the person who could not stop moaning uh, <laughs> every time mo- moaning in a horrible way uh, every time Xander hit the screen. Um, so without further ado, I would like to welcome Seattle-based comedian El Sanchez Woo! to the stage <laughs> for the. For the at-home uh, listeners, please note that L is wearing a bear suit, a complete bear suit, and it's probably oh, keeping yeah. you so warm. Those bear suits are so warm. All these things are facts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so L, um, tell us you, your thoughts. Let, let's, start, let's start with your thoughts on the episode. Did you have anything that really stuck out to you? Yeah. <laughs> For okay, couple things. Okay, I am like sort of a, a Buffy novice, and I say that not sh- being sure what the word novice means. <laughs> But I've heard it. <laughs> I think it, I wa- I've watched Buffy. Right. I mostly watch Buffy for Oz because I like werewolves. Right. Hell and yeah. so I have. <laughs> I just like your little hell yeah. <laughs> um, but I did take a, a, a. Are we allowed to swear? Oh, I, oh why please. did I ask that? I looked like a real square just now. <laughs> are we allowed to Am swear? I allowed to say shit? <laughs> I I did take a lot of notes. I'm not going to like just go through all, but I'm trying, there was something I'm trying, some of the notes were how things that stuck out to me. Uh, Specifically, um, I was listening to audience react to a couple things. I like that the reactions were, and I'm surprised less people got excited when you mentioned that actor from sex. Is it sex in the city or and the city? And sex and the city. Oh, it's confusing because it contains city? a lot of sex in the I city. I thought it was sex in the city this so, whole time. Someone in, someone in the audience just let us know that the city is its own character. Oh. Wow. I like you out there, whoever okay. you are. Well, so when you mentioned the actor, everyone, people, everyone tried to play it real chill and aloof. Like, oh, yeah. But when <laughs> that guy came on screen, I could hear a lot of people going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> And I and like and people were like, oh, who's that? I don't, yeah. So and then I definitely and then I the reason I knew that it was sex in the because I heard someone say sex and the city. Oh God, I've been sounding real stupid in conversations no, no, <laughs> for no. a long time. Okay, I didn't know it was sex and the city. Okay, so it was that and then the silk pajamas. Everyone's like, oh, silk pajamas. Was, <laughs> she gets silk pajamas. There was like a reaction from that. <laughs> <laughs> that I definitely heard was oh, was oh the last one I couldn't read my, it was everyone I heard people react to the fact that Sander was drinking Surge <laughs> <laughs> like I heard that I heard this like oh, and then I heard someone go Surge <laughs> that actually happened in our house when we watched it for the first time oh, same, yeah? same reaction I was like oh my yeah. god is that is that Jolt or Surge <laughs> I used to not be allowed to drink energy drinks. Like oh. when I was a, when I was a, an early teen, I was forbidden from drinking. I was allowed Mountain Dew, but I wasn't allowed anything above that. Isn't Mountain Dew <laughs> really intense? It, it is. It is. But like Jolt was like fifty-seven times the caffeine of Mountain Dew. It was like oh. you could you could die if you drank like three of <laughs> but them. But they in a literally row. have a Mountain Dew called Code Red. <laughs> <laughs> like that's scary, right? I mean, do, so do y'all do the do? Do y'all do the do? <laughs> I do no. not. Do you do the do? I, I no longer do the do. I used to do the do hard. <laughs> oh. That's the only um, way you can do the do. Right. 
true. That's true. Actually, I came home uh, here at A Camp Home, my home here at camp, and Mm. opened the fridge, and there was a bottle of Mountain Dew, and I was like, who's doing the Dew in our apartment? And Marnie, who co-directs A Camp with me, uh, was like embarrassed and was like, it was by the pizza, and I just (laughs) felt so. I really hope you opened the fridge and then just shouted out, who's doing the Dew? Who's doing the Dew? <laughs> like that, like that commercial for gelin souls. I'm gelin. Are you oh, gelin? Oh, that is the worst. Wow. That makes me cringe so hard. I hate. I hate when he goes gelin like a felon or whatever. <laughs> oh, that makes my whole body hurt. <laughs> oh, well, L. Um, I'm gagging now. You gag. <laughs> well, that's gagging. I think might be a great uh, transition point uh, for oh. us into oh. your feelings. You have a lot of feelings about Xander, and and I. Oh. I would, I would just love to hear about them. <laughs> okay, here's the thing, and I don't know if this divides the room, but it will tell me who I should talk to later anyway. I am not, I do not like Xander. Not a fan of Xander whatsoever. Yeah. And this is for several reasons. One, character, annoying. He's the... <laughs> He is the Chandler of Buffy. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. Chandler, what, he's what? The, Ch- the Chandler Rock. Ross? No, wh- no. No, that person uh, thinks Chandler rocks. Oh, wow. Chandler rocks. Wow. Oh, I thought you brought up Ross. I'm like, can we not get super depressed? <laughs> like, <laughs> Ross Jen- is like a whole other episode. Jenny, Jenny, the other day I was doing a, an episode of Getting in Bed with Kristen, and we were asked what our friends' characters were, and Jenny got so sad all of a sudden, and I was like, what's wrong? And she was like, I think I just realized I'm a Ross. Oh, that's a, that's so Ross of you to do that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> <laughs> just bum everyone out and make it about you. Uh, yo, he is the Chandler. He has all these horrible quips that he thinks are very funny that he says almost too quickly for you even to understand, which is fine because it's not funny even if you did. <laughs> and he's just he's got an annoying level of energy. Oh, I did do it. I did some tallies. Oh my gosh. Um, and one of the tallies was how many times Xander annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> it's 23. <laughs> Tw- just 23. Just it's 23. I also did uh, Xander tries to be funny. That's 16. <laughs> do, you th- do you think there was overlap? Like, did he get a tally for trying to be funny? Probably. And also then annoyed you? Probably. I'm sorry. That is okay. I have more tallies. Is this worth yes, it? Yes. Okay. I, this is a new segment called L Tallies. Yes. Um, I have one for Willow looks confused. <laughs> That's nine. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then, oh, oh, I gave up on dramatic music changes. Um, <laughs> oh, I also gave up on this one, but I started it, which was uh, Giles n- nervously fumbles words. And I just gave up on that. W- I went to nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, then but then I, up. and then I just stopped because <laughs> I'm like, that's too much. It's infinity. Um, <laughs> oh, I also did clothes that I also wore in the late nineties, early two thousands. Carpenter which, jeans. Um, I did. Yes. Absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I also wore that little leather, I'm not the fashion expert that Kate is. I wore that little leather um, flower thing, yeah. that choker. Mm-hmm. I had one of those, but they were all black flowers. I wore it when I was 16, sophomore yeah. year. I think I bought it at Hot Topic. You were, you were like yeah. Dark Willow? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. No, I think I, no, I bought it at Claire's. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway. <But> Claire's. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, Claire's Boutique. Topic. I'm sorry. I didn't say the full name. Claire's <laughs> Boutique. 
which I don't know if everyone they had one at my mall growing up in Washington State. Yeah, um, it's where you get your ears pierced. Yeah, where else but Claire's Boutique, or unless yeah. you're Jenny Owen Youngs and you use an ice cube and a safety pin because you're oh, real tough. Oh, that is real tough. <laughs> yeah. Do go on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I also had one for people hiding around corners. <laughs> which, which I don't, for some reason, I had four and then scratched out one and left it at three. <laughs> but they, oh, they weren't hiding well enough. Oh, because I, I, I wasn't sure if the time that Buffy was, was eavesdropping was technically the same as there's the camera panning and then, oh, someone's by that door. <laughs> so if it was the oh, door hiding, that's three. But if it's just hiding around corners, it's four. Elle, but apart from Oz, do you have a favorite character? I like Willow. I have always liked, and I actually found Will. I always found. I think Willow looks real hot in them sweaters. I'm all about those <laughs> <laughs> those high uncomfortable sweaters that I also wore by like Union Bay. Um, <laughs> that would have like the tiniest little V right here, and it would just scratch your neck and give you like a red, which is why. I <laughs> and I and you wear a t-shirt with it to try to avoid that situation. <laughs> But didn't help. But yeah, I used to wear those Union Bay sweaters, like navy blue with like some kind of mustard block color yes. with yes. the carpenter jeans. Yes. Of course, of course. That was the look. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, it was it's my look. Jenny, do you have a do you have a jingle for Elle? Did you prepare a jingle for Elle? I know that she didn't, but <laughs> you know what I mean. I know that she can. Thank you, Elle, for joining us on this brief discussion of activities on the Hellmouth. Yeah. I like that rhyme of L and Hell. It was very, very nice, Jenny. Elle Sanchez, thank you for being a part of our thank podcast. You. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hooray! Hooray. Hooray indeed. All right, Jenny, what do we have to talk what do we have to talk about? I would like to talk about Cordelia. Did you know? So so we go, we go to Cordelia. Cordelia, this is this is my favorite moment for Cordelia where they well, there's a couple. First of all, everybody walks into Buffy's hospital room and like Giles has balloons and like Willow's done Buffy's homework and Cordelia gets so upset. Nobody told me to bring a gift. <laughs> And then Giles has this amazing retort where he's just like, oh, I just, it's what people do. <laughs> I don't entirely, but you know what I mean? Because like Cordelia is the product of like 
some like she has like a structure yeah she seems to know um etiquette yeah 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 i think she just forgot and she felt embarrassed Mm. but also probably not because cordelia never feels embarrassed she was just mad um but but then my real top cordelia moment is when they go out because cordelia and giles have like a whole situation in this episode uh and they go out to like the, the hospital courtyard wheeling buffy uh sidebar story once i had an appendectomy and i smoked cigarettes at the time and i was also like 21 at the time and uh, I was so upset that I couldn't have a cigarette that I convinced my friend to sneak me out in a wheelchair so I could smoke I'd had I had had surgery like I don't know eight hours earlier and I had and I had him like wheel me out and I smoked a cigarette and then I like hopped back in my like literally only a thing you would do I think at like 18 19 21 yeah. uh not 20 to 20 to, you wouldn't do it at 20 um but yeah and then I had to stay in the hospital for four extra days because I smoked a cigarette right after having anesthesia anyway <laughs> My point was, uh, as the longer this episode goes on, you'll see how many times I have been in the hospital. <laughs> um, so Cordelia and the gang are out there, and Cordelia like immediately is like, I know what Buffy's doing. She's just trying to like turn this illness into a demon so she can fight it and kill it. And like we all see through your shit, Buffy, blah. Uh, and everybody's like, gasp. Um, and then Giles is like, you know, Cordelia, it's called tact. I don't know exactly what he says, but he's like, you should really have tact. And then Cordelia says, tact is just not saying true stuff. I'll pass. And that, my friends, is why I love Cordelia. I really appreciate that Cordelia is the first person yes. to name it. And everyone's like, oh, is it, could it be this? Could it be that? And then Cordelia is just like, or could it be that you're just creating something, a uh, manifestation, like because you're right. afraid of hospitals, but you can't fight that because uh, it's intangible. So maybe you're just making this up so you have something to fight? It's her way. Didn't she just do something with that in the last episode? She was like, I don't understand why he just crawls through your window and draws you in charcoal. Why doesn't he just kill you? <laughs> Everybody was like, Cordelia! Stop it. He's setting the mood. <laughs> but then, sorry, can I, can I take this as my Cordelia tangent here? Uh, because I have more. I have, oh I my have God. more Cordelia. Cordelia then is in, so then, well, then we see the Carpenter jeans because then they go, you know, Xander and Cordelia are like on the mission to get the files. And so they walk into the room and then in comes the, the big burly security guard uh, to stop things. And Cordelia then uses her wiles to um, to distract him, uh, and I I thought this was actually where I was going to call out the patriarchy the first time because I thought I just thought this whole exchange was great, especially where the security guard is like, I'm all the time restraining people. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'd be saying it too if it were true. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm all the time. Yeah, it's definitely I'm not all like all the, the time. lady death. Protection yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I felt Cordelia was um, using the patriarchy to her advantage in this situation. Those are my those are my academic notes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Speaking of like academics, mm-hmm. yes. And Would you like to talk about Judith Butler now? Feminism mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, no, I just feel like that might be like a good point at which to bring up. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just was chuckling to myself that like I used my one chance to say a Judith Butler joke to an audience. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. I was like, gotta get it in now. Do it. <laughs> good. Okay. Sorry. What were you gonna say? Tim? Well, I was gonna say maybe now would be a good time to bring up uh, our next guest. Oh. Yes. Is that, am I alarming you? No. Shocking that's, that's you? Fantastic. Taking initiative? I, would, and I love when you take initiative. Who, who is our next guest, our Jenny? Our next guest is a senior editor at autostraddle.com. This is true. And one of my personal heroes. Also a Hufflepuff like myself. <laughs> Heather Hogan. Heather Hogan! Oh, Heather Hogan. 
Thank God you're here. Thank God Hello. you're here. Hello. This is a dream. I'm so Thank excited. You. Thank you. What uh, it's a life. No one's ever introduced me as an academic before. <laughs> I was like, is there a fifth guest? I don't know. to bring up. <laughs> um, Heather, since yes. you since this is your first time on the show, I would yes. love to hear yes. about your relationship to Buffy. Okay, so um, I am um, I'm scared of everything. <laughs> Same. No, no. So like I'm I'm scared of things that I shouldn't be scared of. Like for example, vampires, werewolves. There's a tunnel at camp that goes from one side of the camp to the <laughs> other. Uh, it goes under the road. There are like children's drawings on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to make myself go through the oh tunnel. Oh my god, if somebody could go to the tunnel before camp is over and draw the Der Kinderstadt <laughs> <laughs> inside of the tunnel, I would be that really would be thrilled. Is that a volunteer? Thank you. Great. Oh my god, Isabella. Isabella. <laughs> Great. I couldn't have th- thought of a better candidate. <laughs> Well, now I'm certainly never going to do this. We have camp here for 50 more years. Um, So anyway, but I'm not scared of things that I should be scared of, like home intruders or like I live in New York. I'm not scared of cars, like these things I should be scared of. But when I was a little kid, vampires were like my number one favorite, like the scariest thing to me. And here's why. When I was in the third grade, on Halloween, I was like super psyched. It was like free candy night. So my sister and I are like going to the bus. There's some stringer, streamers hanging down. We pull the streamers back. We walk under the bus and like Dracula is there like driving our bus. So I flipped out and I jumped, I jumped off the bus and I was like running across, back across the street. And the whole time I was yelling to my sister, her name's Jennifer, like, Jennifer, get off. It's a trick. It's a trick. It's a Dracula. So she didn't get off the bus and I got like went back into the house and I shut the door and I fell against it. And I was like, my parents came in and I was crying. And they were like, what happened? And I lost, we lost Jennifer. We lost, we lost her. But the problem is that like my house is the last stop before we get to school, so the bus was already full of kids who saw me like run across. <laughs> like he was already like a weird kid. I didn't really have very many friends anyway. So like, in addition to being afraid of vampires and then like completely socially traumatized at this young age, uh, I just never watched Buffy. Mm-hmm. And then as an adult, like as an adult, when I came out, I realized like their girls are not going to make out with you if you haven't seen Buffy. <laughs> Some some won't marry you unless right right you're right. Accurate. So I went through this thing where I multiple multiple times I tried to watch the show and I didn't like the girl I was dating enough to get past this episode that we're on right now. This one, yes, wow. this very one, this very episode. Wow. I've been trying to figure out for like weeks what episode was going to be at camp because I can handle the emotional trauma, but like this Freddy Krueger bullshit <laughs> is no good for me. Um, so anyway, my partner now we've been together six years and. She she like is the one who I was like I really want to be with her I'm gonna have to power through this Freddy Krueger thing and I did Aww. yeah it's like a love yeah. a Buffy it's a beautiful lo- love story but, but their Kinderstadt love story oh. <laughs> yeah but also I'm still really scared I didn't even come over to watch we screened before right I didn't come over to watch yeah. it because I didn't want to see it again but then on the other side of camp there's nobody over there right now so I was thinking about the episode and I came out of my cabin and I was like oh no <laughs> So anyway, but you did not get picked off by the camp, the 
der Kinderkampstad. Kampstad. No, I did not because I think that that the Kinderkamp is in the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, for sure. Also, I just want to say that like I feel that you are not getting on the bus. But, like maybe you got teased for it, but I just personally think that it's a really great survival instinct. Thank, thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fine, maybe they were fine that time, but like somewhere there was a bus where Dracula was driving right. to, to like be funny for the kids for Halloween. Right. And then they all died. Th- thank <laughs> um, well, I'm just I feel so much yeah, better okay. now. Statistically. <laughs> Statistically speaking, it's had to have happened once. The real Dracula has had to play that <laughs> prank once. <laughs> He kills, prank. he kills the like teacher that's dressed as Dracula and then he gets in and he's like Wah, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that's the count I think from Sesame Street but you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, wow. so so is it is it the demon that scares you the most that's yeah 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 like uh, yeah that this to me is the second scariest episode of Buffy but also I think it's a very underrated episode of Buffy mm-hmm, like I think mm-hmm. it's very I, I know it's controversial people think it's like you know it's thrown in there for no reason but I think it's really I think we learned so much about Cordelia and Buffy both in this episode and we learned so much about both of their characters and they both grow in these fascinating ways that like come to play later in the series and I love the thing that you just said where Cordelia, Cordelia is like you know is could this possibly be that you have some childhood trauma and you're manifesting a fake demon because you want to save us because you can't save yourself? And I'm like, yes, yes, Cordelia. That is what I'm doing. That is why I can't go through the murder tunnel, Cordelia. Thank you. Yeah. Cordelia really saying some real things. Yeah, yeah, she really does. So we're not just learning about Cordelia and Buffy in this episode, but we're also learning about Heather. Yeah, we are. I have definitely made this all about myself. Thank you. So so you then made it through this episode for the girl that you love. I did. And then you watched the rest of the series. So have you just seen the series one time Mm -hmm. through? Yes. Just like me. Yeah. Yeah, Hufflepuffs, one time watch. Well, now I'm on two, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I just appreciate you, Heather Hogan. And I appreciate you, Kristen. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) <laughs> the fuck this is how a loving relationship works it's just like you know like you're you're like a true Hufflepuff like you you work really hard you go to the hospital you come back you work really hard you know <laughs> thank you so much yeah. I did it I did it all for Buffy I know, know I know I like that I like that when Elle was up here it was a roast it was a roast it was a full <laughs> roast <laughs> and now that Heather is up here it's like I would like to tell you all the nice things about yourself you know <laughs> It's just great. Um, do you have a favorite character, Heather? Um, yes. My favorite character is Willow. Sure, sure. Yes, yes. For, yeah. for the reasons of, of innocence and computer knowledge or for the... What, what yeah, brings you I to Willow? I just think Willow is just super brave. I'm, I'm always into the sidekick who doesn't have the powers but like sticks it out anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think Willow goes through so many of the same things Buffy goes through. Um, and I think the show's like so great at dealing with like depression with its characters. And I think they go through these things and Willow overcomes them with her, like with her brain and her, um, then her, I don't, we, I can't spoil it. And her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. But this is a live episode. We like to spoil something huge at every. <laughs> right, right. But for, but for, for now, like Willow commits all in without ever thinking that she's going to have the power to do anything other than just like what her brain will and like her skills and loyalty will allow her to do. And mm-hmm. I really, I really think that's super brave. Do you know what happened in this episode? Um, I don't know how, how far everybody is caught up to our podcast, but something important happens in this episode, which is uh, there was some hell math. Did you know? Did you note the hell math? <laughs> no. What? We have a we have a segment, um, a very new segment, and it's very brief. It's just anytime anybody's doing math on the hell mouth, it's hell math. <laughs> and 
And you yeah. may remember Dr. Backer in his office after he's been imp- implicated, you know, after we've been given the red herring of like, oh, Dr. Backer, that guy's up to no good. <laughs> then we see him in his like office in the middle of the night, furiously looking at a spreadsheet and adding numbers and subtracting numbers with his mouth, but no noise. And, uh, flinging open the door of his uh, mini fridge where he keeps all the viruses <laughs> in his office. And it's like, ah, here we go. I've got this. So I opened every mini fridge at the Madison emergency room. No viruses. No vi- <laughs> Zero viruses. <laughs> well, not where we could find them anyway. That's true. So he does that hell math. And then, and then he takes the syringe of the stuff into the, into the, um, the children's ward. And here's a tip. For any of you who are maybe in med school, um, I just feel like if you're going to be the edgy doctor who doesn't play by the rules but really wants to save the kids but might get implicated if there's another person doing bad stuff to kids, maybe like do that like vile stuff like during the day (laughs) or like the early evening even, maybe just not the middle of the night and like not like mumbling numbers to yourself at the same time, like just like be cool. It's like, look like you're supposed to be doing it. And then maybe it won't be like super creepy. Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah, no, I reasonable? Mean, I, little did I know that Jenny had so many uh, passionate feelings. I've been thinking about Dr. Backer a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just feel like he was a good guy who got caught up in the wrong crowd of their kinderstars. <laughs> That's all. You know, Willow does some hell math, like some quick hell math in this episode. Right, with the, with the dilution? Is yeah. that what you mean? It's 100%. That's 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Two Just she eyeballs it. She's two like, drops. <laughs> that looks pure. Yeah. <laughs> two, dr- two drops, pure virus, to one splash water <laughs> right. equals fever. Right. Hell math. Yes. Yeah. Also, also, safe. also, I wrote a note down for that, that moment. Uh, I wrote, Buffy takes a flu shot. <laughs> Wow. You're all, some people like are going along with it. Gabby and Elle were like, oh my God. <laughs> Duh. Uh, it's like, you like that chili pepper joke. You know, I'm just trying to <laughs> get in your favor. I'll, I'll work harder. Can we, can we talk about one more thing having to do with the Kindestad? Yeah, I don't ask Heather Hogan. Do you mind? Yeah, no, let's go for it. Okay. We I were feel, like, I oh, so Heather, right you hate your, you. your least favorite thing in the episode was <laughs> yeah. the demon. Why don't we talk about it while you're up no, here? No, I feel safe with you. Okay. Aww. Let's go. Aww. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that when Buffy sees the Kindestad through the, the door that's locked that has a window and he like makes eye contact <laughs> with her yes. and then he like doffs his <laughs> and then maybe like goes through the basement door and then does like a little soft shoe number that like we didn't get to see like what is this demon's backstory like is there more and does it involve jazz yeah or vod possibly vaudeville or vaudeville right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure also just on that note like of things that I didn't understand I didn't understand why when the Dirk Kinderstadt was over the kids that suddenly they're only their, from their hand to their elbow worked like he didn't he didn't have his oh, yeah, he didn't yeah. have his hands on their shoulders and yet like both of them did <laughs> the same like T-Rex <laughs> kind of a yeah. thing that I just didn't understand <laughs> Maybe that's just part of uh, the Kinderstad's power. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. It immobilizes your upper arms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heather Hogan, is there, is there anything else about this episode that you would like to talk about with us? You are, I mean, you are a, acclaimed pop, pop culture television writer. 
And you've already given us mm-hmm. some, some, some really, you know, great analysis, analyses of this episode. But is there anything else you would like to add before Jenny makes a jingle on the spot for you? Oh, no, it's, you don't have to do that. No, no, she's okay, doing I, it. I insist. <laughs> um, I just think, I think this is a really good episode for Cordelia because I think it shows... There are multiple times where it shows how much she cares and does want to fit in, but is also still afraid of not being able to fit in. So she uses her little prickly defenses. Right. Yeah, it's oh a great, God. it's a great, it's like a great, we learned so much about Cordelia and Buffy in this episode, even though it's, you know. Yeah, Cordelia's reviled. thing is kind of always like, um, oh, why do you make me do this? When right. like no one is no making, one's making her, her do it, it yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, which I'm glad you brought up Cordelia again. Yeah, my ple- <laughs> truly my pleasure. Because I realized I forgot to talk about the scene with Giles when Cordelia and Giles yeah. are in the library. Yeah. Yeah. What does this one do? <laughs> right. right. And you kind of get the sense like Giles would be more patient about it if there was, you know, like there wasn't a monster destroying the children right, at the hospital right, at the time. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great, that's a super great scene because she really does want to know and even though she's doing it in a kind of funny whatever way, like she she really does care. Yeah, she, she does. Really does she's on the know. phone. It's Dirk Hinderstadt. Yeah. But I, I said it. I told you what the demon was. No, but listen to me. It's true. Yeah. Ugh. Wow, Cordelia. You know, I already liked you, but now that you may let me talk about Cordelia more. Absolutely. Through Anytime. the roof. When All you right. find me asleep on the floor of your bedroom tonight, you wake <laughs> yeah. up and I'm there. We'll just, I'll be like, do you want to talk about Cordelia some more? <laughs> okay. uh, our room is safe. It's it's Dirk Kinderstadt proof. Proof. Good. Right, proof. Good. Yeah, good. we did that curse they did for Angel, but just for Dirk Kinderstadt <laughs> to, keep, to keep it out. Good, good. All right, Jenny, would you like to impromptu? Oh. She's so she's so patient with me that I'm like, oh, I didn't tell you before the show, but during the show live, I'm going to make you do a jingle for every Hey, person. you know what is a really impressive thing about you, Jenny? You don't trip over these. Like, I watch you dance around these chords, and you never fall down. That, that was like a good compliment, but also in my mind, that works like a movie. I'm like, well, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last line. The next scene is just like her <laughs> crashing <laughs> off <through laughs> everything on stage. Yeah, I'm definitely going to die now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Heather Hogan, thanks for talking to us. You're my second favorite Hufflepuff. Oh. <laughs> Heather Hogan. Oh. Wow. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Well, Great. you know, Great. oh, I, I want to make sure that there's a couple of things I want to make sure we get to before we end this episode. One being that I need to give a shout out. If you listen to the podcast, you know that I love a good horror scream. And Celia crushing it. Knocks it out of the fucking park. I don't know that I've heard a uh, like young child horror scream better than Celia's. I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of data there. But yeah, I just I couldn't go through without giving her her shout out where shout out was due. Um, also... We talked about Willow a little bit, but like, can we just talk for a moment about Willow's, they're running, Buffy and Willow are running through the hallway. They need to get, they need to get to the basement. And Buffy looks at Willow and she's like, okay, you're a Scooby, figure it the fuck out. How, how am I going to get to the basement? And Willow's like, "Uh, okay, um, frogs. (laughs) And she's amazing. 
she's so afraid of the invisible. Oh, she tricks everybody. And well, then she's, I mean, she's, it's, I think it's really convincing because we've already established earlier in the series that Willow has very real frog fear. Yes. Yeah. So, no. so she's channeling. You know what I mean? Right. It's not just I like, just, I'm proud of Willow. No, it's amazing. And then immediately is like, oh, no more frogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we talked about uh, the monster at length, but I just, like, one of my notes is all caps the eyes, no, the eyes. <laughs> I, this upset me almost as much as bad eggs, uh, the bug, the uh. fucking thing that fucking crawls across the no thank you. Because uh, it's the same like texture. It's probably the same material. They just like repurposed it for the demon's eyes. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we got yeah. that sticky shit in like yeah, studio yeah. A. Go grab that. Um, but his eyes... My note is, Dakindastad gets Ryan and then does the grossest thing I've ever seen on TV. This is actually the point, because I was watching this series in real time while it was on the air. This was the episode that I saw where I was like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. (laughs) And I became like a more sporadic viewer. Just like Heather Hogan. Just like Heather Hogan. Wow, I wonder how many people like just could. It's the worst thing. It's really bad. It's really bad. But It comes out of his eyes, but it's like a protuberance (laughs) with, with like, like, Pedals or something. Okay. It's just terrible. The name of your forthcoming album, Protuberance with Pedals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that will follow gross emotional stuff. Yeah, no, he's and clotterings <laughs> and crumpled sheets <laughs> from previous episodes. <laughs> also, also now I'm jumping back a tick, but also remember a couple of let's let's just go to the coloring corner for a second. Um, because because the kid in the dark draws the fucking monster and it's terrifying. <laughs> but it's great because now Isabella Rotman can use that as inspiration for the camp tunnel. Um, but but also then later Giles thinks that Buffy did a rendering of the monster. Is this your work? Is this your work? Yeah. Right? Is what's going on? Uh, and then and then and he like kind of sounds like impressed, but also like he's trying to be polite at the same time. Right. Right. Like, I didn't know you had like you're sick. You're in the hospital. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to like kick you while you're down. Uh, right. And then at the end, the the, the loop of the the coloring saga is when she gets. I'm sorry. Is there is there a noise from off stage? Oh, what's happening? Oh God. Oh, oh. God. Ah. What oh, is this? God. You know, I security. Forgot. Yeah. Where's camp Wait, security? I wanted. I was gonna send it in the mail, but then I thought I'd just bring it here. That I drew you a picture. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um. G- Gabby Dunn just got on the mic. I drew Wait. you. I drew you a picture. Is this? This is a picture of. Okay. It says "Wow" on the top of it. And so, then, so you know it's you. It's it, okay. And then and then is this somebody with a, an oar, like a canoeing oar? Uh, no, that's Jenny with a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. And then Jenny and then with a guitar. That's you wearing a hat. Okay. Oh my. This hat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then that's their kinder's stock and you killed him uh, and you're uh, holding wow. a knife and it's bleeding and then there's <laughs> wow. blood everywhere well, so is this like a knife killing a guitar killing or like a combination Both. you used what you guys had yeah right right <laughs> i played some jazz music you played and you couldn't help but soft shoe and get distracted <laughs> yeah you played you played some music and he was like what and then kristen stabbed him beautiful 
I like my role in this. I You're feel. both smiling. Um, he's got X's. It just looks like a, a stick figure in a top hat to me. Yeah, it's the Babadook. I say yes. This is either titled Kristen and Jenny Slay Dirk Kinderstadt or Kristen and Jenny Slay the Babadook. The Babadook. Yes. So yeah, so I just thought, you know, obviously you guys asked if I would come um, to the podcast and no. like, why would you ask me to come? But like, why oh, would you like, ask me to attend the podcast if I wasn't on it? Right. Like that doesn't make sense. Right, right, right. Like, no, that's why would I like go to see this if I'm not going to like be no reason. the yeah. closer and the yeah. headliner? I mean, what I want to let you like, know. I don't go places where I'm not. Do you guys get it? I do. I, I, <laughs> I get it. And I'm glad that we have the kind of relationship where you understand what I mean. Yeah, you of know, course. like when I say, Gabby, you were like, we, Jenny and I are taping the podcast live, and I was like, great, I'll be there at four. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was like, Gabby, we're taping this podcast. I mean, we we would have had you as a guest, but you you keep coming up. We feel like maybe. Yeah. So this is now for those of you who are uh, maybe this is the first episode that you're listening to. Um, I'm usually the co-host. I've been in every episode. Oh, no, um, it's not. No. Um, Kate left, left pissed in the audience. Well, throw down. The last time, the last time um, that they did a live taping, what happened was a beautiful miscommunication. <laughs> wherein Kristen invited me to the meltdown to see the live taping, but what I read from her text was "be in the show." No, I no, no. I Kristen didn't ask you to be in the show, and you were like. Oh. You were like, I'm a millennial, um, whatever. <laughs> and oh. I was like, I don't know, maybe she doesn't want to do it. And then, and then, oh. and then, and then we you were just coming. And then, like the day of the show, you were like, so I'm on the show, right? And I yeah. was like, yes. And then you were More like, more oh, like I-, I showed up at seven and was like, when are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so now I just feel like I have like an open invitation. Like I'll probably just like come to your house at some yeah. point. And be and like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you taking you just, the show? You just have your face against Jenny's office window yeah. waiting. Me and that cat. You and Patrol Cat. Yeah, yeah. Patrol wow. Cat. Oh my God, are you Patrol Cat? Yeah, I'm. It's like a McGonagall situation. <laughs> told you that I was actually patrol cat like that kind of makes sense right I mean it is yeah, similar coloring thank you yeah yeah thank You're you welcome. Simil- well yeah so I drew you this so I didn't want you to say the joke of the kid sending her a, a creepy thing in the mail and then cut to black without me also doing my joke yes. first <laughs> right you well, see how I'm, it would not have I'm been as funny. A theme. Also, I don't know why I keep feeling like I have to show you again. <laughs> because it's so it's beautiful. It's so great. Yeah, I don't want anybody. We'll pass it around after that. Yeah. Um, here's a lingering question. How did Ryan get Buffy's mailing address? That's very creepy. Yeah. I think the twist is that Ryan is the villain this whole time. Oh. Because wow. also, one, is he like eight? How old is he? Yeah, probably Why eight. communicate in full sentences? Yeah. Don't do weird shit like, I saw death or like whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're... You're like, you're in like the third grade. Like, he just has, tell her what's going on. He has like a weird, like, small banker vibe about him. Like, He's like, they like couldn't get Haley Joel Osment. And they yeah, were yeah. like, this kid. So anyway, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Also, I've got like things to do. Oh, sure, be, sure, so. sure, sure. Right, right. Of course. I'm like real busy and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so. Well, um, but now that you're here. The, the, that means that something has to happen because I've declared it so. Oh, do I get a jingle? You get a jingle. I imagine Jenny wrote this like th- when she met me. Yeah, that, that's like, true. Like she met me and she was like, I'm inspired. Yeah, she met you and like just went to her office for like weeks and yeah. I was like, what are you doing? And, and she then like, she came out and it was like Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> she had written Sergeant Pepper. Yes. 
She's got vampires that she ought to be concerned with. Last night, she's called an epitaph, a blurb that's on your gravestone. She's Gabby Dunn. This didn't rhyme great. Sorry. Wow. This was, that was an allusion to my podcast, Bad With Money. Please download it. It's on season two. We got a lot of episodes. Thanks, Kay. Got wow, Gabby. <laughs> Bye. I miss you already. Oh, my God. Are you going to jump off that? Wow. Incredible. I just went to look at my notes and it was a drawing of us killing. <laughs> that was the Gabby Dunnest Gabby Dunn appearance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it keeps, of all time. It keeps building on itself, truly. It's sort uh, of this like weird, like Ouroboros of meta ness, just kind of like expanding outwards forever. Oh, wow. You know when you're in a bathroom in like a nice banquet hall or something? What? <laughs> I just have a really specific memory of this. It happens in other places, like but the at a first wedding? time I like really noticed, yeah, like at a wedding, okay. you go into like the the thing that's in between, like the room that is before the bathroom. Oh, it's right, like, right. But it's probably where, you know, like, where the mints are. Right, and mm-hmm. you like there's like mirrors, and you're like weird. Why can I see myself from the? B-? And you realize that there are mirrors. There's a mirror on the other side, and they're reflecting you back in in infinity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We're all with you. You don't know what I'm talking no, about? When well, there's a mirror in front of you and a mirror in back. And there's like a gajillion use forever. I feel like that's Gabby Dunn's sort of vibe. <laughs> Gabby Dunn everywhere. <laughs> very, very, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it really ended with a, with a bang. So Jenny. Kristen. How are you doing? <laughs> I've had a wonderful time. Did we do a good job? I think we did. I don't know. We'll find out later when... <laughs> I forgot we're in the land of, like, automatic validation. <laughs> Thank we gave you. Out, we gave out our sexual tension award. We said the patriarchy a bunch. Oh, yeah. Played a lot yeah. of jingles. So played a lot of jingles. I, I think I hit every single one of my notes, or nearly. Every, the only thing I didn't talk about was the amazing, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show um, back and forth beto- about the playing doctor exchange. <laughs> That was the only thing I missed where like Xander's like, uh, she didn't know what playing doctor was. And Willow was like, what do you mean? Uh, why did you play doctor? And Buffy's like, I didn't play doctor. And then Cordelia was like, Ahem. and Giles was like, gotta go. My glasses. <laughs> you know, it was just really nice. I liked it. That was pretty good. That was the only one I had left. Did you have anything left to say about uh, this, this fine episode, this fine creation of television? I think that we've touched on everything that I care deeply about. Great. Great. Yeah, Yeah, I feel good. Well, um, the thing that I want more than anything uh, is for all of our guests to come. Here's what's going to happen. Gabby's already up. (laughs) (laughs) Guests! You mean invited people? That's me, that's me. Um, What's going to happen is that we're going to wolf howl out all together as a team. Well, thank you so much for joining us here live and thanks for listening. Till next time. Oh, that was beautiful. You can follow Buffering the Vampire Slayer on Twitter and Facebook at BufferingCast, and you can drop us an email anytime at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. Down at Sunnydale General in the East Side Children's Wing. He's a creepy motherfucker whose eyes are made of suckers and he's hungry for children. He's got those long, 
ghost fingers, yeah With a jaunty hat atop his head His underbite goes on for miles But his kryptonite is in these virus vials Deck him to I'm gonna deck him to stop you Deck him to stop you. Giles and Cordelia helped me realize that Celia didn't die of a natural cause. Xander standing sentry and barring angels' entry. Willows acting like she's covered in frogs. Backer never stood a chance in that twisted cougar dance. But I won't fall for that. Instead, I'll give his neck a snap. Deck him to stop. I'm gonna deck him to stop you. Deck him to stop. I'm gonna deck him to stop you. I'm gonna deck him to stop you. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.